Chapter sixty six of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter sixty six of a certain tempest that arose and shook the captain's spoons and teacups and how the wind suddenly went down i'm very glad sir to have a few quiet minutes with you said the doctor making then a little pause and devereux thought he was going to reopen the matter of his suit for i've had no answer to my last letter and i want to know all you can tell me of that most promising young man daniel loftus and his most curious works dan loftus is dead and i'm sorry to say he added something else and his works have followed him sir said the strange captain savagely for he could not conceive what business the doctor had to think about him when captain devereux's concerns were properly to be discussed so though he had reason to believe he was quite well and in malaga with his honourable and sickly cousin he killed him off-hand and disposed summarily of his works there was an absolute silence of some seconds after this scandalous explosion and devereux said in truth sir i don't know they hold him capable of taking charge of my wise cousin hang him so i dare say he can take care of himself and i don't see what the plague ills to happen him the doctor's honest eyes opened and his face flushed a little but reading makes a full man not a quick one and so while he was fashioning his answer the iron cooled indeed he never spoke in anger when on sudden provocation he carried his head higher and flushed a little they supposed he was angry but if he was this was all he showed of the old adam and he held his peace so now the doctor looked down upon the tablecloth for devereux's breakfast china and silver were still on the table and he marshalled some crumbs he found there sadly with his finger in a row first and then in a circle and then goodness knows how and he sighed profoundly over his work devereux was in his mood he was proud he had no notion of apologizing but looking another way and with his head rather high he hoped miss lilius was better well well the spring was coming and parson walsingham knew the spring restored little lily she's like a bird she's like a flower and the winter is nearly past and the beautiful words of the song of songs which little lily so loved to read mingled like a reverie in his discourse and he said the flowers will soon appear in the earth the time of the singing birds will come and the voice of the turtle be heard in our land sir said dick devereux in a voice that sounded strangely i have a request may i make it a favour to beg tisn't all things remembered very much if i write a letter and place it open in your hand a letter sir to miss lily will you read it to her or else let her read it or even a message a spoken message will you give it captain devereux said the doctor 
in a reserved but very sad sort of way i must tell you that my dear child is by no means well she has had a cold and it has not gone away so soon as usual something i think of her dear mother's delicacy and so she requires care my little lily a great deal of care but thank god the spring is before us yes yes the soft air and sunshine and then she'll be out again you know the garden and her visits and her little walks so i don't fret or despair oh no he spoke very gently in a reverie after his wont and he sighed heavily you know tis growing late in life with me captain Deborah, he resumed and i would fain see her united to a kind and tender partner for i think she's a fragile little flower poor little lily something i often think of her dear mother's delicacy and i have always nursed her you know she has been a great pet and he stopped suddenly and walked to the window a great pet indeed if she could have been spoiled i should have spoiled her long ago but she could not ah no sweet little lily then quite firmly but gently parson walsingham went on now the doctors say she mustn't be agitated and i can't allow it captain Devereux. i gave her your message let me see why tis four a five months ago i gave it with a good will for i thought well of you and you don't any longer there tis all out broke in Devereux fiercely well you know her answer it was not lightly given nor in haste and first and last twas quite decided and i sent it to you under my own hand i thought you were a friend to me dr walsingham and now i am sure you're none said the young fellow in the same bitter tone ah captain Devereux, he can be no friend to you who is a friend to your faults and you no friend to yourself if you be an enemy to him that would tell you of them will you like him the worse that would have you better we've all faults sir mine are not the worst and i'll have neither shrift nor absolution there's some reason here you won't disclose he was proud fierce pale and looked damnably handsome and wicked she gave no reason sir answered dr walsingham no she gave none but as i understand she did not love you and she prayed me to mention it no more she gave no reason but you know the reason flared out Devereux. indeed sir i do not know the reason answered the rector but you know you must you meant you at least had heard some ill of me and you no longer wish my suit to prosper i have indeed of late heard much ill of you captain Devereux, answered dr walsingham in a very deliberate but melancholy way enough to make me hold you no meet husband for any wife who cared for a faithful partner or an honourable and a quiet home you mean i know you do that palmerstown girl who has belied me cried Devereux. 
that unhappy young woman captain devereux her name is glynn whom you have betrayed under a promise of marriage that moment devereux was on his feet it was the apparition of devereux a blue fire gleaming in his eyes not a word from his white lips while three seconds might have ticked from mrs iron's prosy old clock on the stairhead his slender hand was outstretched in appeal and defiance and something half celestial half infernal the fallen angelic in his whole face and bearing may my merciful creator strike me dead here at your feet dr walsingham but tis a lie cried he i never promised she'll tell you i thought she told you long ago twas that devil incarnate her mother who forged the lie why or wherefore except for her fiendish love of mischief i know not i cannot tell sir about your promise said the doctor gravely with or without it the crime is heinous the cruelty immeasurable dr walsingham cried dick devereux a strange scorn ringing in his accents with all your learning you don't know the world you don't know human nature you don't see what's passing in this very village before your eyes every day you live i'm not worse than others i'm not half so bad as fifty older fellows who ought to know better but i'm sorry and tisn't easy to say that for i am as proud proud as the devil proud as you and if it were to my maker what more can i say i'm sorry and if heaven forgives us when we repent i think our wretched fellow-mortals may captain devereux i have nothing to forgive said the parson kindly but i tell you sir this cruel unmeaning separation will be my eternal ruin cried devereux listen to me by heaven you shall i fought a hard battle sir i've tried to forget her to hate her it won't do i tell you dr walsingham tis not in your nature to comprehend the intensity of my love you can't i don't blame you but i think sir i think i might make her like me sir they come at last sometimes to think those that love them so so desperately that may not be for me tis true i only ask to plead my own sad cause i only want to see her gracious heaven but to see her to show her how i was wronged to tell her she can make me what she will an honourable pure self-denying devoted man or leave me in the dark alone with nothing for it but to wrap my cloak about my head and leap over the precipice captain devereux why will you doubt me i've spoken the truth i've already said i must not give your message and you are not to suppose i dislike you because i would fain have your faults mended false have i to be sure i have so have you more sir and worse than i maybe cried devereux wild again and you come here in your spiritual pride to admonish and to lecture and to insult a miserable man who's better perhaps than yourself you've heard ill of me 
you hear i sometimes drink maybe a glass too much who does not you can drink a glass yourself sir drink more and show it less than i may be and you listen to every damned slander that any villain to whose vices and idleness you pander with what you call your alms may be pleased to invent and you deem yourself charitable save us from such charity charitable and you refuse to deliver my miserable message hard-hearted pharisee it is plain poor captain Devereux was not quite himself bitter fierce half mad and by no means so polite as he ought to have been alas as job says ye imagine to reprove words as the speeches of one that is desperate which are as wind yes hard-hearted unrelenting pharisee the torrent roared on and the wind was up it was night and storm with poor Devereux. you who pray every day o damnable hypocrisy lead us not into temptation you neither care nor ask to what courses your pride and obstinacy are driving me your fellow-creature ah captain Devereux, you are angry with me and yet it is not my doing the man that is at variance with himself will hardly be at one with others you have said much to me that is unjust and perhaps unseemly but i won't reproach you your anger and trouble make wild work with your words when one of my people falls into sin i ever find it is so through lack of prayer ah captain Devereux, have you not of late been remiss in the duty of private prayer the captain laughed not pleasantly into the ashes in the grate but the doctor did not mind and only said looking upward lord if thou hast been here my brother had not died there was kindness and even tenderness in the tone in which simple dr walsingham spoke the appellative brother and it smote Devereux now as sometimes happens with wayward fellows and his better nature was suddenly moved i'm sorry sir i am you're too patient i'm very sorry tis like an angel you're noble sir and i such an outcast i i wish you'd strike me sir you're too kind and patient sir and so pure and how have i spoken to you a trial sir if you can forgive me one trial my vice you shall see me changed a new man oh sir let me swear it i am sir i'm reformed don't believe me till you see it oh good samaritan don't forsake me i'm all one wound well they talked some time longer and parted kindly end of chapter sixty six recording by john brandon